We worship you, Lord Jesus. Just speak out some thanksgiving and praise to you tonight. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you. In Jesus' name, your name be glorified. Your name be lifted up. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you for what you've got in your life. First forgiveness and then patience and love and blessings and time to be brought you through. Jesus' name. We worship you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. Praise
if you go down to Main Street at Deschler, they're meeting in a storefront, just like we used to. It's, it's really cool, and they've been renovating it, so they're kind of in kind of parallel uh, stuff is, is happening here. But Pastor Justin grew up at Only Believe in Buckins, so he was a youth that was connected to uh, as he was growing up. And by the way, earlier this month, it was really cool because that Sunday, I was preaching at his church, and he was a young man I was connected to growing up, and Pastor Tim was here. Pastor Tim got his start in ministry with me, so it was really cool. I was connected that day to guys that were coming up in the generation behind us was what we need to do. Amen. Amen. So it's always an honor when uh, young people that I was connected to as a youth pastor and whatnot are doing the work in the kingdom. But I'm honored by them all, but especially to see God doing things coming behind and then better and increasing and all that type of stuff. So whenever I have somebody come in, just understand I trust them or else I wouldn't let them fear. And one thing about Pastor Justin is this guy, without a doubt, is a man of integrity. And um, you're not going to find somebody with a better heart. His heart is gold. And, and I love spending time with him and talking to him. And um, actually, he was the associate pastor of his church in just a year ago. Pastor Alex went on to do ventures, and Justin transitioned into the pastor. So even as a church, they did a pastoral transition. I mean, the parallels of what was going on with us and them is just really right down the road together. So he's been doing a phenomenal job. And uh, so I'm just going to let him roll. So I told him to preach whatever he wants. I don't really know. I mean, he shared a little bit. I don't know what he's going to share, but it's going to be good. Amen. And God's going to uh, speak to us tonight. So come on, Pastor Justin. Let's give him a hand. Oh, and by the way, you know, his church is in renovation. I told him we'd love to buy a pulpit for his church. So he's going to pick a pulpit, and we're going to pay for it. We're going to bless his church, and every time he stands up and gives the word, we're going to have part of it and put a Bible on it. So that's how So pretty soon, let me know. He was worried about what they cost. I said, don't worry about the cost. Just keep waiting. There's on it. Praise God. Well, thank you so much for having me tonight. And uh, I look out, I'm so excited that all people show up on a Tuesday night That's right. to go with Jesus. But um, as Pastor Kylan said, uh, my name is Justin, and my beautiful wife Jenny, and my daughter Elena and Ella uh, came with me tonight. Uh, Lainey is getting ready to turn 13 here just on, on December 2nd. So be in prayer for us as a family. If you would. And uh, Ella is, uh, she is 10 years old, going to be 11 here in February. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool to see them just grow and uh, just be a part of that journey with them. You know, and I like all the stages. Everybody's like, wouldn't you want to rewind it and see, like, your kids? Like, don't you want that baby stage back? No, I don't. I like it now where we can just go. We don't have to pack a bag. We just move on. But was the baby stages precious to us? Absolutely. We loved it, but uh, that seasons change. We're supposed to change with those seasons, amen? Amen. So uh, for all of you who are just starting, praise God. And for all of those of who are uh, still in the process of parenting, let's keep relying on Jesus, amen? Amen. Because there's a lot going on. But Past, Pastor Kylan has meant so much to me over my, my years of, of uh, growing in my relationship with the Lord. Um, I shared this I shared this with Pastor uh, a while back. Uh the teens I know are having a group up there tonight, and uh, I'm, I'm encouraging my daughter, even in the seasons coming up, how important it is to be a part of the youth group. 
how important it is to be a part of what God is doing in the kingdom, in the structure of the youth. And actually, Elena really pushed me and my wife pushed me. We just started our own youth group at the church. And in one month, God has blessed us with 14 students. And each week, we've had somebody faithfully come every week and be a part of our youth group with us. So tomorrow night, 6.30, we, we have youth group. We feed the kids. We fellowship with the kids. I say, the first hour is yours. The second, the last half hour is mine. And all of them have just really received that and walked in that with us. But one of the things, Pastor Kyle, when I was a young man, I'm 39 years old, and now I'm, I know all of you, uh, I don't know if you know this, but I even cut my hair for you tonight. Um, I wanted to be really ready for you. Brother, your beard is on point, too. I love it, I love it, I love it. Um, and and, and, and I, I was about, I would say, 12, 13 years old when I met Pastor Kyle. And he would come up into the service and only believe in vodkins, and he'd come to me and say, hey, Justin. You come up and hang with us tonight? I'd say, sometimes I'd say yes. And there'd be other times I'd say, no, I'm going to hang out here in the, in the big sanctuary. <laughs> Listen to the main service. And now years later, I look at my life and I think, God, I, I went to pastor and I actually repented. I said, would you forgive me for missing the opportunity of your love trying to be poured into me? Because he saw something in me. He pursued me with his love every Sunday. And every Sunday, he never stopped. He would always just come up. Hey, Justin, you want to come up and hang with me? Okay, Pastor. Or, not today, Pastor. Looking back over my life, I wish I would have said every Sunday, yes. So recently we had dinner together with him and his wife and and I said, Pastor, would you forgive me? Would you give me a second chance at this relationship that I, I really pushed away in my younger years a lot of the instruction that Pastor was trying to pour into me? Because I thought that I was just supposed to be comfortable with my family and listen to the big service and all those kinds of things, missing the point that he was trying to pour into my life. Amen. He was trying, he saw something in me and he was pursuing me. With the love of Christ, because that's what a good pastor does. He was trying to shepherd me. He was trying to cover me. He was trying to build me up and exhort me and, and encourage my heart. But all I saw was, oh, I'm more comfortable right where I'm at. And comfortability is one of the most dangerous weapons of the enemy in the body of Christ. Because we get very comfortable... And in our comfortability, we become stagnant. And stagnant Christians don't do anything for the kingdom. But burning ones do. Living ones do. It, it, you know what? I don't want anybody tonight to see justice. I only want them to see Jesus and them being the child of God who they've been created to be. Because I, I was reading the other day that I got thinking about this, Pastor, and you can kick me in the fan later if I'm wrong about this, but something I was thinking about was Jesus never asks us to do anything that he hasn't done first. Amen. Right? Everything we see in Scripture that we see Jesus do, he invites us into. Amen? And so Jesus, what was the first thing he did when he went, before he began ministry, he went to John the Baptist. He approaches John, and John says, wait a minute. I shouldn't be baptizing you. You, you should be baptizing
baptizing me? I'm not even worthy to unlatch your shoes, Jesus. What does Jesus reveal to us? The Son of God was submitting to the leadership that was in his life. You say, wait a minute. Jesus is the leadership of our life. Amen? Amen. Can we agree on that? He's the shepherd. He is God. But what was he revealing to us? He said, John, we have to do this because this is going to fulfill the will of the Father. Amen? And he actually went to John. What did John preach? Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus even speaks later and said, there's no greater prophet or preacher than his cousin John. And what happened when John was arrested? What did Jesus begin to preach? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And in 2 Kings chapter 2, Elijah and Elisha, the story of Elijah and Elisha, something happens in that book that really wrecked my heart one day when I was reading it. Because I was in all this process of transition, just like Pastor was, and all these things going on. And I got sitting there looking at it, the scripture, and Elisha would not leave Elijah's side. Elijah even said to him a few times, buddy, I've got to go to Jordan. Can you, can you just move on? Because I've got things I've got to be doing. And Elijah said, listen, no, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. I'm going to pursue you wherever you go. And what happens? This happens like four or five times in Scripture. Finally, after Elijah goes, Elijah's following him, and even people are coming up to him and saying, hey, Elisha, do you know your master is leaving? And he'd say, I don't want to talk about it. I know he is, but I won't talk about it. Why? Because he didn't want his heart to go someplace that wasn't designed for him. If you're looking for a position, your heart's already in the wrong place. But if you're looking for Jesus, and you're willing to pick the trash up off the church floor, he can position you in places that you never thought were even imaginable. And, and Elisha says this powerful word to his, his, his mentor, to the person who he was walking under. He said, Elijah says, what can I give you, Elisha? And he said, I want a double portion of your anointing. I want a double portion of what God has done in your life. I'm asking for that in my life. I want, I want to tell you something tonight, friends. You guys are in a house where you want the double portion of your pastor. Can somebody say amen a little bit louder? Amen. Because you're in a house with a pastor who loves you. And you're in a house with a pastor who will care for you. Amen. You're in a house that is, he is living a surrendered life to Jesus. Amen? Amen. Humility is right here. We don't follow the patterns of man, but we do follow the patterns of Jesus. And I want to hook up with whoever's following him. Yes. Amen? And I, I just want to encourage you tonight that who you're sitting under, just receive the double portion. Receive. Don't look to be glorified. Look to serve and allow God to bring the glory that he wants to do in so that's just a little hors d'oeuvre tonight to chew on a little bit. Okay, because I'm really excited. But I just want to thank Pastor for having me tonight, for just being here with you all. And, and you're going to see, I, I can't sit still. I, I'm all over the place, so bear with me. I get really excited, okay? Because how, I was saved from everything I've ever done wrong. Amen. How can you not be excited? 
When everything you have ever done, can I come down here? When anything you have ever done has been forgiven. Everything. 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 What if I just yelled at my kids on the way here? Did you tell God? Did you repent? Yeah. Well, everything that you've ever done wrong has been forgiven. That that wrecks my heart. Like, the king of the universe has pursued me in order for me to become like him. How can we not worship? How can we not give thanks to our God? Who, the Bible says that he loves us first. Which now in turn, our response to that is loving him. Amen? Amen. When my kids were born... And many of you in here know what this is like. You hold your baby in your arms. You look at them and you say, I love you. They have nothing to offer you. They poop. They pee. And they keep you awake at night. They cost you money. And all you see in them is you. You go, you're, you're made in my image. You're, my, you're mine. And I am. The beautiful thing about it is that child can't respond to your love until they grow in your love. So a child, as they grow, there's a natural progression. Pretty soon, you know, they're one, two years old. And what is the first thing they usually learn? Dad, dad, and no. <laughs> Why do those two things go together? Because it's the first heart of the father that we're responding to and our rebellious nature that's already been birthed in us. I want daddy, but I also want what I want. <laughs> One of them has to die. Because you can't have both. You can't have the nature that you come into the world with and then embrace the nature of the Father. No, you must come into alignment with the nature of the Father and leave behind the old nature. And I remember my kids were little, you know, they'd be walking through the house. Like, they look like little monkeys when they walk through the house. They sort of just... You know, nobody else had kids that did that. Maybe my kids were just weird. kidding. But, but when they're walking through the house and you're, and you're over there and you go, hey, I love you. And they turn to you and they go, I love you too, Dad. Or Mama, Mommy, Daddy, whoever. I love you. You're just so touched by that because you're like, what you've been instilling in them, they're not responding to. Right? How many of your kids, when they're playing toys, you go, hey, I love you. They go, love you too. And they go right back to what they're doing. Or they go, love you too, daddy. Never make eye contact. Never give you their full attention. How many of you have had Because oh, yeah. kids are just like, they're, they're just all over the place. Isn't it beautiful when they stop what they're doing and set it aside and give you their full attention? Yeah. God is looking for his children to put down the distractions when he's calling out to you in love and say, daddy, whatever you say, I'm going to sit down what I'm doing, and I'm going to give you full attention because you're the love of my life. You're the love of my heart. You are who I am. This love that I have for you, I could not bring this love to you on my own. This love had to be given to me first, and this response of my life is given back to you. Amen? Amen. Awesome. Turn to Proverbs chapter 3 tonight, if you would. 
So I want to talk to you tonight. We're, we're giving thanks tonight, right? Amen. Amen. Turkey Thursday, turkey tonight, turkey whenever. But we're excited about these things, right? We're, we're thankful. We're thankful for where we're at and what's going on. Amen? So, so I, want, I want to share something with you. How many of you are thankful when things are going your way? If there's one hand down in your life, because I believe all of us in here, when things are going our way, we're thankful, right? We're grateful. We're like, man, I just, you know, somebody just gave me 20 bucks. Praise God. I'm, I'm living in victory. The blessings of the Lord are mine. Amen? We get really excited when things are going well. And when somebody comes up to you and says, you know what, man? You're doing a really good job. You're encouraged by that. And you sit and you go, man, I'm just humble that you would say that. I'm doing a good job. And, and you're just like, man, God, thank you. Thank you for putting character and integrity inside. Thank you for, for, for just molding me into your image. I just want to be the clay on the potter's wheel. That's where my heart's at. I don't really want anything else but just to be in your hands. And, and you're just like, God, thank you. Well, how about when somebody comes up and says, hey, man, about where your heart was on that. I don't think your heart was where it was supposed to be on that. Can we talk through that a little bit? Do we give thanks when we're corrected? Do we give thanks when we're being disciplined? Do we give thanks when things aren't going the way we think they should go? That now that now that's a whole nother ball of wax. Man, you're doing great. Thank you, Lord. Man, we need to talk. What? Yeah, it's great when pastor calls you up and says, hey, I need to talk to you. Yeah, what can I do for you, pastor? Hey, you're, you're, I just appreciate your heart. I love what you're doing, man. I, I just want to encourage you. Keep pushing forward. And you're like, yes, I'll be good. Yeah, whatever you need me to do, I'll do it. But when he calls you up and says, listen, we have to have a conversation about where your heart's leading you. All of a sudden now it's like, can I even look for a new church? <laughs> I can find some place closer by that can meet my needs. I didn't know that the church was supposed to meet your need. I thought Jesus was. You surrender to Jesus and then you submit to your household. Amen. Amen. Not meaning that you can't come up to pastor and say, Pastor, I've got a question about this. And him saying, hey, okay, let's talk through that. That's a whole other story, right? But when there's something in our heart, I remember one time I was talking to Pastor Alex. He was, he was my previous pastor that I was sitting under. I went up to him and I thought I was really right about this. I'm not going to go into detail because there's kids here. But I made a comment to him thinking I was using scripture for my benefit. It had something to do with husbands and wives. And it had something to do about that special time of the evening for all you men in here that understand what I'm talking about. Look at the men. Bro, yeah. let's talk afterwards. So I'm talking to him and I said, you know what the scripture says? Don't abstain. Unless you're in time of prayer and fasting. I just told my wife, man, I'll tell you what, you want me to quit looking? Things need to change. Thinking, he was going to say to me, man, that's a divine revelation from the throne of God. 
You know what he said to me? Why do you need her to fulfill you? You're called to love her. And intimacy will flow where love is present. And it hurt. I didn't like it. At first, I was like, I was embarrassed. I was like, oh, man, I thought, I thought she was going to be like, man, spirit-led? Your heart is so pure, Justin. No, he's like, he, he rebuked me with love. And it was a good rebuke. A lot of the church likes to rebuke. We, we embrace that passage to, to, to rebuke and correct, right? Yeah. Listen to me. If you're rebuking for any other purpose for, than restoration, then don't, don't rebuke. A rebuke comes with love and compassion. And a rebuke isn't this. Don't call me Jen. A rebuke <laughs> is this. Can we talk? I want, I want to bring some alignment and some correction to your heart. Listen, I don't have all the answers either. But I just want us to walk through this together and figure this out. Now that, that's a whole lot different than, woman, you better get on my page. <laughs> Amen? Amen? But we think... That, you know what? We do that with one another in the body of Christ all the time. We begin to talk about one another behind other, one another's backs. And we call that interceding. <laughs> when we should be saying, I'm going to even keep this. You know, there's things with my wife, and this is not a, a bash on her. There's things that I don't share with my wife in conversations I have with other couples. Just for the simple fact that I know that it's not, it's not about me. Right. Yes. So if somebody comes up to me and talks to me and says, listen, I need to talk to you. Can, can you keep this in confidence? Sometimes she'll ask me, what did they say? I said, I'll say, well, they gave me this information, but they really don't want me to share any further than this. Amen. Well, she's your wife. You're right. But what's the point of me bringing it to her? Am I bringing it to her to elevate them in their relationship, or am I bringing it to her so she feels bad for me having to go through that counseling session? Motive. Right. Motive. It's the motive of the heart. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I saying what I'm saying? Right? right. Now check this out. Proverbs chapter 3. I'm getting somewhere with this, guys. Bear with me. Verse 11 says, my child. Somebody say, my child. My child. If you have received Jesus Christ. Everybody in here that's received Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, right? Lift up your hand. Okay? You're his child. <coughs> Come on. Nobody got excited about that statement? Woo. You're the child of God. Do you, do you get it? The king of the universe who spoke everything to existence said, you're mine. You're mine. You belong to me. You. He took his attention off of heaven and put it on you. Whoa. I think there's a place to get excited and thankful. I was talking to this, my dad today about the blessing. He bought me a car when I turned 16. He said, Justin, I want to buy you a car. It was a, a 1985 Chevy Cavalier, a little red car. And I think he paid $2,500 for that car. Praise the Lord. And I was sitting about it today and I was thinking about it. I said, Dad, something the Holy Spirit's speaking to me, he's teaching me through this. I said, you know what? The blessing wasn't the car. He said, what? The blessing wasn't the car you got me. The blessing was that the father took the time to put his attention onto the son. Amen. 
My gratefulness isn't in the car. My gratefulness is that the Father put his attention towards me. See, we live our Christian life so, so based upon what we have and what we don't have, rather than just being thankful that the Father has cast his attention towards us. Amen? Amen. So get this. He says, my child, help me with time too, guys, because if I don't, you guys will be here, pastor will be turning lights off. <laughs> don't reject the Lord's discipline. And don't be upset when he corrects you. Right. How many of y'all have got a good woman before in your life? Raise your hand. Did you like it? Did, but in that correction, looking back on that correction, can you see the value to it? Amen. Oh my gosh, my mom, she she beat the the, the devil right out of me. In a loving way. She said, why do we make these things do again? You don't listen to nothing. And I say, and she said, don't ask me again. And I'd ask her again. Push that limit of rebelliousness in my heart. And she'd just be consistent. It ain't changing, Jack. I gave you the word, and my correction's consistent. Let me tell you something. Let me give you a great insight tonight. God's word never changes, and neither does his correction. Amen. If anything's going to change when discipline comes... Me. It's me. It ain't him. Well, I don't like how God talks to me today. It don't matter. He's king. You're not. He's the potter. You're the clay. Last time I looked, the clay has no authority over what the potter is doing. So we say, Dad, whatever you say goes. I embrace your correction. Now get this. Look at this. For he corrects those that he loves just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. Have you ever done something that nobody else knew you did? And you won't have to confess anything to anybody after service. But have you ever done something that you just knew in your heart it was wrong? And immediately the Holy Spirit corrected you. Like you didn't even get into the other room. And you're just like, Lord, why did you say that to me? I'm mad. And you want you may go tell her I'm sorry. I just told her off. He said, that's the problem. When was the last time I ever talked to you like that? Never. Well, what gives you the right or the authority to talk to her like that? I haven't trusted her to you. And I'm back in. Honey, I'm sorry. She said, well, that would too change quick. I know. Father just corrected me. I was wrong. I was wrong. So there's times, but it wasn't, was it comfortable? I didn't like it. Because I wanted my way. This is what I want. The Lord's been teaching me this. If it's something you want to the point where you're no longer walking in love for him or the person that you're walking with, it's no longer love. It's selfishness and pride. And selfishness and pride has no place in the kingdom. And we have to be quick to repent when our hearts go that direction. Now, does that mean you're going to walk in perfection? Bro, I bet you do. You just look like a guy that just walks in perfection. <laughs> is your wife? Is he perfect? No. We'll talk after service. <laughs> Listen, do we get it perfect? No. But let me tell you something. Should we be striving for perfection? Yes. 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 Why? The Lord's correction comes 
to reveal where my heart's at. Yes. If he reveals where my heart's at, now there's a place of safety. Because now if I embrace his instruction and his correction, what happens? He now reveals to me where my heart is and where his heart is. And if mine doesn't look like his, it breaks mine. And now my heart says, God, that didn't look like you. That didn't sound like you. That, Lord, forgive me for that. And most Christians, what they do, they go sit in the corner after that. And they wallow in self-pity. I'm just not the Christian I thought I was going to be, Pastor. I thought I was going to be, I promised her I was going to be the best husband. And I just talked to her like that. Amen. I must not be a Christian. I just must not be, I must, God, you must be so disappointed in me. Instead of seeing the correction came because he wants to reveal your heart. Why does the Father correct? To reveal the heart he wants to heal. Yes. Amen. To bring back into alignment what's out of alignment. You don't go to the chiropractor to get something that's already aligned, moved out of place. You go to the chiropractor to get something that's out of place, back into alignment. And that's what the discipline and the correction of the Lord does for us. It aligns us back into his will and his purpose. And we need to rejoice and be thankful. Amen. Like, thank you, God, that you showed me that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm his boy. He, he, just, he just lovingly took me to the woodshed. In 30 seconds, he completely changed my heart with what Jenny's trying to change me for the past 16 years. <laughs> Come on. Sometimes we battle for married couples. We battle one another because we want our way. Right? I want it. But listen to me. True surrender is how did our groom approach his bride? He approached her with humility and with love. He never approached her with domination and fear. He approached us with compassion. When Pastor had us worship God, one of the things I heard him say was, Can anybody just thank him for his mercy and his compassion? When you understand the love of the Father, the love of our groom, when we understand that as his bride, we, we begin to see him for how he sees us. Right? Because we can't see God in his fullness right now. But he gives us these little insights through his word, through the Holy Spirit. He gives us he gives us, it's like playing hide and seek with your kids. They're looking for you. That's the fun. It's like, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. And all of a sudden, dad sticks his foot outside the door. Just so that you, there it is. I'm going for that foot. Why? He's revealing a part of himself for him to be found. Right? But, but God has this really cool way of, of fulfilling me and still not keeping me satisfied. I'm so satisfied with the Lord, but yet, he always keeps me hungry and thirsty for it. If a baby doesn't eat, you'd say, something's wrong. Right? If they ain't eating, something's, you know, your kids, they'll eat you out of house and home. And when they're not eating, you go, whoa, 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 time out. Somebody's sick. Something ain't right. But you've never fed them one meal and said, that's good enough, now be sustained for the rest of your life. Every time that child eats, they come back to the table again because there was goodness found at the table. 
And each meal keeps getting better and better every time they come back. And that's what God wants to do for us. Is he, he wants to correct us, discipline us. He wants to love us, not, not to chastise us and, and to hurt us, but to bring us into a place of alignment with his heart so that my desires become his desires. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. So something needs to die in me so I can start thinking like he does. Right? So we have to surrender to his correction and his discipline. Turn with me, if you will, we're doing this, 757. Okay, turn with me, if you will, to Hebrews chapter 12. I just want, I just want to jump into this with you here. This is some more scripture to, to follow up with. There's so much in Hebrews 12, you can just camp there, never leave. Think of this. Okay, verse, uh, verse 5. Verse 5. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? I want you to, I want you to underline that if you're taking notes or if you're out there, you're an underline or Bible. These encouraging words. We don't always see correction and discipline as encouraging. But I want our perspective tonight to change. I want you to see every time the Lord corrects your heart, it's revealing to you His love for you. Changes the perspective. It changes me now thinking God's angry with me and me fleeing from God. That's what Adam did. To say, God, I was going to come before you and lay my sin at your altar because of your love for me. His encouraging words. This is what the encouraging words were. My child, again, here we go again. My child. Amen. Somebody say, I'm his child. I'm his child. child. Don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. Don't give up when he corrects you. How many people give up when they feel the Lord correct them? They stop going to church. You don't see them for four months. Where'd they go? They're sitting at home. They're upset because they got corrected. Amen. And they're mad. Nobody tell me what to do. <laughs> Don't tell me. And then, now I, I pastor God, he got a problem. I ain't got the problem. Him and Jesus need to get together and talk. Because I'm okay. I tell people all the time, they go, I haven't seen you for so long. I'm at church every morning on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. You can find me every Sunday there. If there's a disconnected relationship, it's just because I haven't seen you. Amen? I didn't know I was called to chase you down across the country just to make sure you were okay. I, I thought we were in covenant with each other and we were walking in obedience to God together and we were just going to connect in unity as a family every Sunday. I didn't know that all of a sudden now because you got corrected by something I said, you're at home wallowing in your self-pity and upset with me. I didn't know that. But you know what? It doesn't change the Lord's correction or His instruction. Nor does it change my heart for you because I still love you. Why? Because in all of the times that I've messed up, you know what God's never said to me? Too bad, Jack. Sorry. My grace is empty today. No more forgiveness for you. Oh, it was just, that was just the last straw. How many times did I say? No, you know why? Because his mercies are new every morning. He says, Justin, come to me. Come to me. You know what? Even though your sin be red as scarlet, 
Let's reason together. I want to talk to you about this. I want to direct your heart in this. I want to wash your sin away. I want to make you white as snow. I, I'm not pushing you away. I'm asking you to get your correction. And then after I correct you, I'm going to lead you into a place where your heart is designed for in the first place. I didn't create you to be like Adam. I created you to be like me. Amen. Amen. So there's this, there's this discipline and correction that the Lord gives us that leads our hearts into his love. For the Lord disciplines, in verse 6, the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As his child. God, I don't like this correction. But you're my home. Dads, do you go across the street and discipline the neighbor kids? Sometimes. That's not wise. Don't go next door and discipline the neighbor kids. Just don't stay off the grass and build a fast. Whatever. But you discipline your own. Right? God, see, we expect the world to live in the obedience of God. Why are we putting expectation on those who have not received the Father? To live a certain way when they haven't even been adopted yet. See, we've been adopted. My, my counsel with people who are born again looks a whole lot different than how I approach the unbeliever. Both of them are covered in love, but you're my brother, I'm going to elevate you. That means I'm going to say things to you at times that are going to challenge your heart, but never with the purpose of hurting you, always with the purpose of loving you. And serve me. What can I do to serve you? What can I do to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus? Jesus shows us, takes his robe off, gets down with the disciples' feet, and begins to wash them. The king shows us that he's the son of God, and the child and the son of God shows us the surrender in the kingdom is at serving one another. Amen. Right? So there's something about something about surrender in that time of discipline and correction that reveals to us that we're accepted of God. Does that mean we just go out and do whatever we want to do and God is okay with it? I'm like, man, I want I want to feel bad for my sin again. I want to make sure God knows. I want to know that God's accepting me. No, that's called abusing His grace. But what you do with your whole heart is, God, I'm pushing towards the mark. I'm pushing towards your heart. I want you to be elevated. I want me to lessen and you to be elevated. And in that, God, I'm, I'm willing to accept any correction that you have from my heart. I want that. Do you know when you correct your child, it brings security? It brings order? It brings structure? Children are never designed to rule. Amen. Children are always designed to obey the master. Master. The father. The father. That's what we're designed for, is to be obedient to his word. Amen? Amen. And sometimes we just have to put our pride aside and say, you know what, it's not about me. If anything you walk away with tonight, it's not about us. All about him. Jesus never did anything about himself. The only thing he did was about the Father. 
And in doing everything he did about the Father, God gave him more glory. That's intense. All right. You guys okay? So embrace his correction. Embrace his discipline. Don't be afraid of it. Amen? So when I, uh, when I was thinking even about how to close this up tonight, which I'm going to do now, um, I really believe that the Lord wants to bring some freedom to your hearts. And what I mean by that, you say, well, I'm a Christian. I, I walk with Jesus. I'm not bound by nothing. Maybe, maybe it's the season of thanks that you can begin to give a thanks to the Lord for it's not about you. Some of you carry weights you were never designed for. Some of you carry heaviness on your shoulders. You're trying to get your family members saved instead of yielding to the Lord. You're trying to get them saved. Well, I'm going to tell them what's up. Man, you need to quit sleeping with her. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, why don't we surrender and they see your character and integrity and the transformation in your life becoming more like Jesus? And then you lead them to salvation instead of trying to beat them to salvation. See, <laughs> everybody likes correction when it's not them getting corrected. Yeah. <laughs> you, they do. Go, go listen to people sometimes. I told him off. And everybody's like, you did? <laughs> tell me about it. What did you tell him? <laughs> that already tells you your heart's far away from God. That's a place of correction in our heart. Because I never want to rejoice in the fact that somebody got told off. If I'm pursuing what somebody got told off, then I'm not pursuing his heart. <coughs> so that's a stopping point for me. Wait a minute. That's the correction of the Lord hitting my heart. I'm really being tempted right now to know the juice of what's going on. But the Father is telling me right now, if you pursue even finding out what that's about, your heart's not with me. There has to be a correction in realignment. But we, we love it when there's conflict and correction when it's not us. And then somebody says, Justin, I just don't think your heart's in the right place. You telling me that? I had a friend of mine that we had dinner together, and he said to me, he said, we are during a pastor's meeting. And his perception of me in that meeting was, he said, Justin, I felt like you were trying to prove that you knew something about the Lord in that conversation. I had to stop for a second. I like, Lord, I don't think that was my motive. It wasn't my motive in that conversation. But here's what I thought, though. If he perceived that, how did they perceive that? And so then I have to ask myself, Am I open to the discipline and correction that's coming my way, even if I don't think I have ownership of it? Why don't we start learning how to pause and thinking, do I have something in this that I need to repent first? In every relationship, we need to examine our heart first. They make me mad. Wait a minute. You're supposed to be dead to sin. And alive in Christ. Why did you allow your heart to get mad? Are they your source or is God your source? Amen. There's the pause. 
I just think that they all are women. Why are, why are you so concerned about what they think rather than what the Father thinks? There's your pause. Stop. Okay, Lord. I'm, I'm trying to get my way in this relationship. And Lord, you're, you're wanting me to so submit to your way. What am I going to choose? Amen? So, so I just want to encourage you tonight. I hope this has been encouraging. I hope you're not going to go home and land and man, that is a waste of a Tuesday. <laughs> I want to tell you something. The Word of God is rich. You, you don't need to call a friend. You need to open up the Word. Amen. You don't need any of us else's opinion except Jesus' opinion. That's right. You don't need anybody else to correct you. The Holy Spirit will correct you. And then you know what? You need to yield when the Holy Spirit's using a vessel to come correct you. Because if he can't get your attention in private, he'll call somebody else to come get you. And that's, that's really the extent of correction, right, Pastor? And there comes a point where it's like, Holy Spirit's like, hey man, I want you, I want you to turn your heart on this. I'm going to do what I want to do. Then here comes Pastor. i to talk to you about something. Now you're offended because you heard it all along in your heart. But here's what always happens when you're, when you're, when you're faced with the correction of the Holy Spirit. You have, there's always two options. One, you're going to repent. Or two, you're going to be offended. Every time Jesus brought a word to somebody, you see in Scripture all over the place. He'd bring a word, either they would repent or they'd get offended. The rich young woman. What must I do to have eternal life? Go sell all you have. Give it to the poor and follow me. I can't do that. And he left. He left the king of the universe. Salvation standing in front of him. He left. Because his wealth had to of his heart. And not God. And Jesus was trying to align his heart. He was trying to bring a correction and an alignment to him. I know you think you've done everything that the law requires of you, but I'm going to take it a step further because you're, you're looking at your works and you're not looking at your heart. And everything Jesus does is about your heart. Yes. He doesn't care how many cars you have to prove that you're blessed. He cares about that when somebody cusses you out, how you respond. Do you respond with the character of Jesus or do you respond with the character of Justin? Hopefully they close to look alike. Amen? That's our pursuit. That's what we want. Amen? Go ahead and stand to your feet. I know that's an abrupt stop, but I get on these rabbit trails, gang. Did you say what up? I thought I heard that. Sorry to rebuke you. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'd like to see that happen. No, you don't. I just want to bring your body for a moment. If you're in here tonight and you just struggle with the Lord's correction in your life, just be really honest. 